Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Dante grabs the rebound, curls back out. Almost never dribbles twice with the left hand. He does. Here goes to the rack and dunks! He crossed over on the scouting report, went to the rack and jammed! Dante Exum! You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz on a freezing cold Thursday morning. It's 27 degrees out. My house is freezing, and I'm bundled up. We're going to talk about the All-NBA team that comes out today. We'll check on the Cavs and the Celtics from last night, as well as the season review for Dante Exum and Alec Burks, and take your questions on Facebook Live. It is Locked On Jazz. Pow. How are you? I'm freezing. It is so cold in our house. It's 26 degrees out right now i don't know if there's snow is there snow should i open up the window and see there is a little bit of snow can you see uh no probably not with the glare you can see it on the ridge of the uh so there's a there's a little snow it's freezing uh i'm assuming as i get going that i will take off the the hoodie at some point in time here and uh and feel better about things and maybe even the the hat i'm not uh uh, I'm, I'm not certain about that. All right. Uh, I think I laid out the show for you today. It is a Facebook Live, so the real key is that you've got to ask the questions. Today's show is brought to you by Thursday Edition Shamrock Auto Group. Rob Taylor and the group out at Shamrock do wonderful things. If you're in the market to buy a car or a truck, uh, put Shamrock on the list. They're out in Pleasant Grove. Uh, Shamrock, the, the few things I'm going to tell you here about Shamrock is, one, they're going to – so if you're looking, most of their cars are 6 to 12 months old, five to 20,000 miles, so it's kind of the peak time to buy. We're talking Utah County, right? So we're talking Suburbans, Yukons, big SUVs, but they do more than that. They've got reliable sedans. Uh, people come from outside the state to get deals there uh, because they're going to make sure you have a great experience. Out-the-door pricing in five minutes, test drive by yourself, buying experience in under an hour. Full, My nose is like running. It's so cold in this place. Full service, can-do financing and house and extended warranties, value-driven Carfax report on every car. Yeah, I know, why do we turn on the heat? I don't know. But we had the heat off because it had been warm, so the heat's still off this morning, and, like, it doesn't matter. It's so cold. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's 25 degrees outside, and it's May 18th. Stop. It's golf weather. I'm going to St. George for the weekend. I was doing that anyway, actually. Uh, by the way, so just the big thing about Shamrock, I would tell you, is if you're looking for a car that's 6, 12 months old, so you, you, you know that's the best time to buy. Uh, if you're, uh, if you're, you want a great customer service experience, and then the the key thing that Rob did is when he started the dealership, his, his general manager is a mechanic. So when they go buy these cars, they've got a pro who's a mechanic who's looking over them to make sure they're all right. And then the thing, uh, you know, I, I can't tell you what separates one. Just look at, read the Google reviews at Shamrock Auto Group. And 
that'll tell you kind of what the experience everyone uh, is getting. All right, uh, let, let's run through a few things. All NBA comes out today. Why is this important for the Jazz? First, I think Rudy's going to get it, which is, uh, I think, important for two reasons. I think one is it dispels the idea that you can't get it if you live in Utah, right? Like, I think that's like, if you're playing for the Jazz, that dispel, and, and, and you get a, um, and, he, and Rudy gets it, then it eliminates a little bit of the idea uh, that for Gordon. Now, this, for Gordon, what this means, it gets really interesting. If Gordon makes All-NBA, which I don't think he's going to do, but you never know, he can opt in. This would allow us a few things. One, it would hold his contract at $16 million this next season. Then, and you better be ready for this, he goes to 37, 8, 40.8, 43.9, 46.9, and 49.9. There's a little differentiation. He could take 20% raises or 25% raises. On, If I remember correctly, there's in some of my conversations, there. The designated player allows you to sign for 35% of the cap with 8% raises. He might be able to, I think it might be 5%. There's a little flexibility where he could take a little less if he wants to, but you're never going to ask him to do that. You're just going to give him what he wants. So that if Gordon does that, here's what gets interesting, though. If Gordon does that over the next six years, he makes $236 million. If he signs with the Jazz, um, or if he, if he opts out and signs the four-year maximum deal with another team. It's only four years, but it's only $132 million. So if, if Gordon makes All-NBA, he goes to six years, 236, versus if he signs the maximum free agent deal with another team, he's at four years, 132. It's almost two times. I think he has – it would be – now – the question is, in those next two years, 2011, 12, and 22, would he make $100 million? And I'd have to say the answer is probably not. If he opts in and stays in Utah and gets a five-year max deal, he gets a five-year 179. Now, he might be able to make an argument there that that sixth year, he could actually make up some of that money. But – if he's in, if it's a money issue and it's close, hit, Gordon making all NBA is pretty darn good for the Jets. Uh, if Gordon makes all NBA and opts out, I would say going to panic level eight on a scale of one to eight, maybe ten, is fair. You know, if he makes this all NBA team and then decides to opt out to go test the market. One, it means money. One of two things it means. One is it means he's out. And two, it means that money doesn't matter to him. So that's um, that's the answer. Andy Larson, as I've said before, did a wonderful job with this. Um, there's some other. There's another scenario um, where he can play around and opt out and sign a two-year plus one and then get the debt. But if he already has a designated player at six-year 236, it's pretty hard for him to go play around with anything. So – if Gordon makes all NBA, which I think he should, I don't know that he will. It's It comes down to whether you're putting Durant on all NBA, uh, and then it comes down to Paul George, Gordon Hayward, or Jimmy Butler. And somehow the fact that Gordon's team won 11 more games 
but Jimmy Butler and Paul George have the momentum uh, in that regard. So uh, that, I think, is the um, – so that's the big story. Rudy, I, I think, will get it. I, I don't know if he'll be first team. I think there's a chance. Uh, there's nothing – it does not change anything in Rudy's contract. It's just an enormous accomplishment. It's really an awesome uh, deal and reminds everybody how great Rudy is. Uh, by the way, uh, let me go back to one other aspect that I kind of uh, touched on. So if Gordon were to get the designated player exception, he then has – he has to take $16 million this next season. Uh, and doesn't jump to $37 million. These numbers are astronomical. I don't think that'll change his way of life, right? It just means – and there is a little bit on the value of delayed money is not as good, right? So, you know, um, if – you know, he's taking $14 million less next year, and there's an interest that's accrued in what you can do with that money by your eSports franchise. Um, but what gets interesting on that is if Gordon – takes the 16, and Boris has not come back, we are suddenly, and and we rescind George Hill, we're $18 million under the cap. I don't know if that does you a great amount of deal. If you keep Boris and you hold, George Hill's cap hold is about $12 million right now. We can function at over the cap but under the 18 million under the luxury tax so suddenly it's easier you sign George Hill and you probably you could probably sign George Hill to about 18 million and still have 10 million for Joe Ingles without losing Alec Burks and without losing um, Derek Favors or Joe Johnson or having to do any of the other maneuvering it, it gets a little tight frankly I still think the Boris money may have to come off at that point but if you keep Boris on to start uh, and then you re-sign George Hill if you want to then you can actually then re-sign Joe Ingles without having to clear the Alec Burks or the um, Derek Favors contracts off your books. It, now, let's not misunderstand that eventually it becomes in, it comes tough because Hayward and Gobert will be $60 million combined salary in 2018-19, $65 million combined salary in 1920, $69 million combined salary in 2021, and then I think Gobert expires while Hayward would be on the books. But you also would have Gordon Hayward signed for the eternity of his career. You'd be paying him 46 and $49 million in the last years of the deal. It's, it's, it's an astronomical deal that I can't figure out how it would ever work correctly for a franchise. But in our case right now, if Gordon Hayward makes all NBA today, I would it, it increases. We suddenly have an enormous advantage over every other franchise in signing Gordon Hayward that we don't have right now. Uh, let me touch on that uh, note. If Gordon stays with the Jazz, he can sign a five-year, $179 million deal. Uh, if he signs with another team, he can sign a four-year, $132 million deal. Now, the easy answer is to say he can get $45 million more from the Jazz. But in all likelihood, he's still going to be a good enough player on the back end of that deal that he gets a pretty good contract. So it's probably not $45 million. It's probably 
you know, if he gets a $30 million deal on his new contract, or even if they up him up from the 35, he'd be it to take him up to the percentage raise and, and move him up to, you know, whatever his new max is, 38, 39, then all of a sudden it's actually negligible. It's like $5 million on a $180 million contract, which, you know, if we think about it as $5,000 on a $180,000 contract, it probably means a little less. Or if you think about it as $5, you know, you're, you're negotiating 180 bucks for five hundred eighty five bucks. I don't know if you really care. Um, you know, it's two Slurpees. So, you know, that's how you have to kind of to look at it all. All right, so that's, that's the big news there with all NBA and how that's uh, taking place and, and what's taking place uh, with all NBA. Uh, by the way, I got a uh, question that came in about uh, yesterday's sponsor was ZipRecruiter, and it's L, the promo code. I probably should make sure I'm right on this. Uh, for, that, for you to use ZipRecruiter, um, let me see, make sure I get it right. Um, uh, and if I type in RIP Recruiter instead of ZipRecruiter, I'm probably not going to get it right. Uh, but ZipRecruiter, um, I believe, was L.O. Jazz. L-O, so it's ZipRecruiter.com, L-O, Jazz. I guess I could just try it. Um, and you you end up to get to try it for free. So that was, uh, someone had sent me an email about that yesterday, and I didn't respond to it, so hopefully they're listening again today. Yes, yeah, so it's ZipRecruiter. Uh, L-O, Jazz, it even says, welcome locked on Jazz listeners, uh, which was, it's really nice of them to do that. Uh, maybe I should post my, um, my Locked On Podcast Network sales job up for that and see if I get anyone. All right, uh, Cavaliers, Boston last night. LeBron's incredible. Uh, Cavaliers ended up switching a tremendous amount of things. And, uh, excuse me, Boston ended up switching, and Cavaliers kept just taking advantage. Cleveland's got great dribble penetration at Kyrie Irving. They've got great post-mismatches with Kevin Love, and LeBron is superhuman. Uh, they looked they looked great uh, as, as well. Uh, submit your questions so I can get to them. Let's go to our player uh, summaries. Let's start with Dante Exum. Uh, Ace summary on Dante Exum season to me is simply a season of of strength of knowing of of getting through the year and believing in your leg. Um, I, I don't. I, I still with Dante. I, I'm. I said during the year that I was not going to uh, have any opinion on Dante in any way, shape, or form until after the All Star break, which I think I held to, and then the research I showed was that the All-Star break, for whatever weird reason, is a complete uh, moment in time in which players make a jump. And uh, I don't really know why that is. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense because the different surgeries are at different times, and yet it still happens. Um, uh, and, and, and so, therefore, Dante, and when you look at Dante post-All-Star break, that's a, there's some signs there. Uh, we saw signs. We saw explosions. We saw... Um, we saw moments where there's progress. We saw an improved two-point shooting percentage. We saw a tremendous uh, jump in actually his three-point shooting percentage uh, turned out to be pretty good as the year, um, as, as, as things continued. So I, I think there's a lot. Of, Dante's post-All-Star break numbers, 34% from three, 42% for, or 41% from the field, which isn't great, uh, two rebounds, two assists, Six points a game, 18 minutes. I, I think, more importantly, you saw the burst. He's got a long way to go. The ACL injury is just a crusher to the franchise from a standpoint of timing. He should be after his third year right now. We would know right now 
I mean, ideally, if things had gone a little better for us, one is that we got Gordon's extension done without having an opt-out here, so Gordon would have another year. Dante would be three years in. Uh, you know, Dante would be three years in, and you'd know who he is. You just could answer so many more questions. We're so unanswered on a bunch of these uh, questions with the Jazz, and I think that's what's so difficult. Uh, Dante's got to get better at not turning the ball over, got to get better at shooting off the bounce. Teams are going under every single pick and roll with him, and then he kills plays that way. He's got to get better at running in the lane and jumping up and down, having nowhere to go. Um, but we saw flashes of what made him the top five pick of the draft. Uh, I thought we saw some toughness out of him in the postseason that I didn't know he had. And I think that's been a big question mark as well of whether or not he's very tough or not in the process. His pack rating is a minus four, uh, minus point four, excuse me. So that's not great. Um, his off the bounce shooting compared to his catch and shoot shooting is, is really just maybe the biggest thing he has to work on. Ron Boone talks about this all the time. So if you on pull up threes for the season, hitting the ball off the bounce, pull up three. He was one of 15. It's terrible. It's not, frankly, this is where we have to be really honest about it for a minute. It's not NBA level. Okay? There are a bunch of things that are great about Dante. That's on, that's, you can't play. His pull-up jump shots for the season, six of 32. You can't play. If that doesn't get better, I'm, I'm just being brutally honest. If that doesn't get better, that's not an NBA player. You just go under every single pick. You're never worried about him shooting. It, he, it terminates all offense. It's, you, you can't find a guy who plays off the bounce who's not a 40% catch-and-shoot three-point shooter that exists at 18%, three, 6 of 32 off the bounce. Okay. Um, the, uh, so, okay, so that's, I mean, that's really, really the essence of what we're talking about. Also, if you can't play off the bounce, there's all sorts of things that happen late in shot clocks and things of that nature, and, um, it really, so, those, that's incredibly important. Uh, his catch and shoot is 33% from three. His catch and shoot two-pointers, so coming off a curl, he only took five all year. He just doesn't have that in his game. Um, whoa, my screen just went crazy. I don't know if my video just freaked out on you as well. Um, I think it might have. We'll see if it comes back on Facebook Live. If not, you just get the whole program here. So though, that's really the reality of, of where Dante is. Um, I could dig into the synergy numbers and some of that. All these, the, the point I'm trying to make here is the player that is there right now, quite on and I know a lot of people are upset he didn't play on quite honestly, has got flaws that are significant enough that if, if they don't change, he flames out. But now he has, for the first time in his NBA career, he has a chance to play and work in an offseason and develop his game. But the game that he has right now that everybody was yelling and complaining about and wanting to be on the on the floor, frankly, it's pretty flawed. Does that mean you should give up on him? Absolutely not. Has he shown all the signs that he might be great? Absolutely. So let's see what happens as we um, as we move forward uh, and let him develop.
So that's my Dante Exum uh, season review. My video, by the way, seems to be frozen with me sticking my hand in my ear. And I don't know if it is for you, but it does look as though I'm still getting thumbs up, smiley faces, and uh, questions. I think you could still submit some questions um, to me on Facebook Live if you are listening to it live. I don't know why anybody still would be if you're just looking at me being frozen. So I'm not sure uh, on that. But uh, feel free. I'm going to keep it up just because I want to be able to take your, your questions. In regards to Alec Burks. I don't have any season in review. Uh, I just don't feel it's fair. And I don't still to this day know if he's a player that matches with Quinn Snyder's system or not. He played 42 games, which is more than last year. His numbers are not good enough. The player that played this year... So it's kind of the same comment I just made a moment ago, and I'm not trying to be rude. He's not go- it's not good enough. 40% from the field, 33% from three, 79% from um, – 77% from the free throw line. Um, and I think Alec knows that. I'm not – I think if Alec was sitting right next to me, he would agree with me. The, the stunning one on Alec is how bad he was around the rim. Inside five feet, he shot 40%. So the crazy driving Houdini to the basket guy is not good. 40% in the restricted area. He might be the, I think he's the worst in the NBA last year. But that's got to be injury-related, confidence-related. There's so many different factors there that I am not, not going to close the book on that. Um, he's got to go through an evolution of, of what his game is and who he is. There's no question. And if he can do that is, is questionable. And if he matches with Quinn Snyder, is questionable. But I can't use data points from this season to evaluate Alec Burks. It's a lost season again for this poor guy. It's you know other than he had the birth of a baby, and that's just the greatest thing ever. And maybe that'll—I don't know. Maybe that in some you know Joe Ingles attributes the birth of the twins largely to changing who he is as a person. So. Uh, Maybe in some way that'll do the same for Alec. All right, Facebook is uh, frozen with me sticking my finger in my ear, looking crazy. Uh, but I can take the questions that have come in. Can I? you introduce me to Joe Ingles? Matt, sorry. Yeah, in Australia, he's willing. Uh, if Boston trades Jimmy Butler or Paul George, would they still have cap room for Gordon? Yes, they would. And for their first pick. It's masterful what Boston has done. They deserve incredible credit. Toronto looks to be blowing things up. Any chance the Jazz can put something together with salary relief to get DeMar DeRozan? And would that be a big enough splash if it's Hayward to stay? Do we want... I'm nervous to hit Seymour because I don't know if I get it back. Um, I don't know what my feeling on DeRozan is. He does score. He is inefficient. He is a max player. He's totally in the mid-range. Um, there is a value to having some mid-range shots. He takes it a bit too far. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen there. What's interesting is I think Corey Joseph is a, a good uh, backup starting point guard for us to think about. And um, I, if they possibly going to lose Lowry, they're not going to be willing to move Corey Joseph. Joseph was always, I thought, like the last result, resort point guard we go and sign before July 1 to show that we have a point guard to Gordon. And I don't know if he's going to be available. What are my thoughts on Jimmy Butler? I mean, I think he's really good. Um, I think he's. Uh, 
I think he is. Um, I think he's really good. Uh, he goes to the line a ton, 17% of his possessions. Uh, I think he's a good defensive player. I think he's tough as heck. Um, I think that I think he's really good. I don't know what else to say. Um, I think Gordon had a better year than he did. Kevin Pelton would disagree with me strongly on that. He thinks that uh, Jimmy Butler's year was better than Gordon's statistically by a margin. I don't agree with that. Uh, but, I mean, I think Jimmy Butler's really, really good. He's probably right in the top 20 players in the NBA. He's right there with Gordon. Uh, I live in Mountain Green, 27 degrees. Crazy stuff. I want to golf. I agree. Um, what are my thoughts on Tadosic, who is the European point guard? Um, I don't have thoughts on Tadosic because I don't know anything about him. I don't know how realistic it is uh, that he comes to the Jazz. I don't know how good he is. He's, I think he's older. Um, I do think he's been the Euro player of the year a few times, if I remember correctly, in the past research I've done about him. Um, I, you know, so I don't know a lot about him. Um, he wants, I think they said they were looking for a, uh, there was reports on Nets Daily that he wants a three-year deal at about $8 million a year, which um, we could actually do. This is where I mentioned this yesterday. If everything else falls apart, we could sign him to a, uh, uh, we could sign him to a interesting contract in which we we uh, pay him a three. We could do a, a, a if we don't get anything else done, we could sign him a contract before July one where we pay him for a back year, which he didn't pay play for us, and pay him for two more years moving forward. Or we could sign him to a four year. $32 million deal where you're paying him eight a year, but eight comes off our cap this year if we can't get any other deals done. So there's some things we could do that are interesting that some other teams can't do because we still have cap space. Uh, <clears throat> so, um, you know, the Jazz are being talked about a lot. There's probably a little smoke to that fire. How does free agency affect Hayward's offseason as far as training? It sounds like he worked hard with the Jazz staff. will have the same opportunity when he's a free agent looking for teams. He also has worked really hard in Indianapolis before, and he can go to P3. Um, I'm not too worried about Gordon getting his workout in. It might be a little funky around July, um, and I, I don't know how he's going to do it, and I don't know if he feels as though if there's a chance he's going to leave if it's uncouth to be working out in June with these guys. So I don't know what his feeling uh, on that is. A couple of seasons ago, you said there was no correlation between turnovers and winning percentage. Charlotte had a terrible record, but at least turnovers. Uh, is that still the case? Yes, there's never been. Largely because those teams that turned over a lot are forcing the offense and they're getting dividends off the non-turnover possessions. Who will be the main players if Gordon and Hayward don't return? Uh, if the, Gordon and Hayward don't return, we're going to walk the free agency market, see if we can find something. Um, and then if that's not available, then I think your Rodney Hood, Dante Axum, Rudy Gobert is your Trey Lyles is your rebuild, and you're drafting and trying to see what you can what you can acquire, uh, and 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 start start the process with two draft picks this year and some other draft picks, and unfortunately start the process a little bit all over again. See how great Rudy's defense is and what that what that can do to be the cornerstone of your program. What were Hood's numbers in the paint pre-injury? Because yesterday I talked about post-injury. It's a good, good question. Um, 
let me see what I can do here. Um, Rodney Hood hyperextended knee. Got to get that date again. Is January 15th. So let's do... Uh, sorry, this is live. You know, this is what happens on Facebook Live. I think you guys are pretty used to this. Um, so let's look. Shooting. Try to be quick as I can be on the old advanced filters. All right, so um, so now we want from October. We'll just say 19th because we know to January 15th, and we run it. This is a good question. And we run it again because it didn't run the first time because it had playoffs. So in the paint, prior the restricted area before that, he was 59% paint. He was 38%. So he was 72 of 150. So... Call it 50%, right? Uh, About 72 of 150, right at 50% uh, pre-injury. And then last night, uh, or yesterday afternoon, we talked about on the show, depending when you listened. Um, Let me go back and make sure I just find my tweet that had this. Uh, He's within eight feet. I had him at 14 of 43 inside eight feet prior to the knee injury. So let's do that. Let's do actually a direct correlation. So he was 57 of 107 uh, beforehand for 51% prior to the knee injury. I think that that's a great question. Good, good job. Yes, the fo- the feed is frozen, but I can take questions. Um, uh, you're welcome for the podcast. Um, I remember the beginning of the year, Rod taking how Rodney Hood's bell curve had shrunk and he'd become more consistent. Uh, that was what we were hoping for. It did not happen over time, uh, and there was definitely some injury relation. Do the Jazz have a package the Heat would be interested in for Dragic, maybe take Bosch's contract? I don't know what the status of Bosch's contract is. With insurance, they may be relieved of that anyway. Uh, Dragic would be really interesting to me. It depends what Miami is trying to do with cap space, and if Miami thinks that they need to clear that cap space, if Miami doesn't think they need to clear that cap space, then Dragic is a key for them uh, going forward. But if the Jazz could get their hands on Goran Dragic, I would do it in a second. That would probably be um, my first choice. I'd have to look at it, but largely because he's got two years left on his contract. His third year is a player option. Miami's at $93 million right now for next year because of Bosch's 25. If they get that off, they have some room, and then if they get Dragic off at 17 uh, and they just build around Whiteside at $23 million, they suddenly do have um, a lot. Josh McRoberts probably exercises his player option. Dion Waiters becomes a free agent. Um, but they could really be major free agent players. The irony is if you go trade for Dragic and then clear enough space so they can go get Gordon. How about that? Wouldn't that be awful? Uh, Dante... Free agent next year will be absolutely fascinating because you'll still not know what type of player he is. An agent will shoot for the moon. And he's got a new agent because Rob Palinka, the general manager of the Lakers, is his, uh, was his past agent. So that certainly makes it more interesting. I, you know, both Dante and Hood are up for extensions this year, and I can't figure out how the Jazz are going to deal with either of those. Um, people like my jacket. Team-issued gear. Thank you very much. One of the pleasures of this job. Uh, what about the rumors talking about... to? Dosich, I just mentioned that. Um, I heard a terrible, speaking of my struggle of 
uh, I heard a terrible rumor that a bunch of our preseason games are going to be against European teams, and um, I'm going to have to try to announce the pronounce the names. I don't know. Ah! ah! Disaster! I don't know if this is true. This is a terrible rumor someone told me. Uh, it wasn't a good source either. I hope they're wrong. Uh, have you been watching Doris Burke's in-game interviews with Pop? I feel like she's not taking his crap, only asking one question, wishing herself Happy Mother's Day, or just ending the interview. It's what she should do. She's going to be in the Hall of Fame. There's no reason for her to take Pop's crap. That is Locked on Jazz today. Hope you're doing great. Thanks very much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. Facebook Live tomorrow will come your direction as well, giving you a quick edition um, on a Friday edition before I head out of town. It is Locked on Jazz, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, brought to you today by Shamrock Auto Group, as well as uh, that ZipRecruiter with ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-Jazz. Have a great one.